Stella Belafonte here, and thank you for joining me at my table on this Tuesday for another tasty top pick. We're going to have an appetizer because I'm greedy. Then there's the main course, which is what brought you here in the first place. And we'll end things with a sweet dessert. Boy, have I ever. I hope you're hungry. Enjoy. Hey, hey, it's Tuesday. Tasty Topic Tuesday. Stella Belafonte here. And I am so happy to announce that this is episode 9 of Tasty Topics Tuesday. Episode 9. Who would have thought I'm so damn proud of myself? Oh my goodness. Just to think that it took me so long to get here. And now I'm here. Like Miss Seely said, I'm here. Dear God, I'm here. And it feels so good. Well, anyway, this is definitely going to be another table for one. Because it's cold outside. It's cold as shit. Cold as fuck. Cold as ice. And I don't want anybody having to come to meet up with me at my table. And I'm not meeting up with anybody at an outside table to give you a tasty topic but I'm not gonna leave you hungry and speaking of hungry oh well it's very early as I'm recording this and I haven't eaten yet but I have some plans in my mind for breakfast because I'm greedy what I've got planned is oh let me just start by saying since the new Omicron virus has come along and I was under quarantine and all this other stuff. I got into Instacart. Oh my goodness, tasters. Who knew? I feel so far behind. I had no idea that Instacart was such a wonderful thing. I mean, I thought that I don't know what I thought. I thought that you only had um, a few stores, grocers to select from that you didn't have many choices. Look, me assuming, and you know what they say about people who assume, you an asshole. Well, anyway, I stopped being an ass and I decided to just put the Instacart app on my phone and it's the best thing I've ever done. I don't know about anyone who uses Instacart, um, if they've noticed this, but I noticed that I actually spend less when I use the Instacart than I do when I'm in the actual supermarket. And I think I get why. You ever notice when you're in the supermarket, especially if you're food shopping alone, you got a lot of time to bullshit. Like you're going there with one agenda and a grocery list and see 20 different things that you had no business buying. When I'm sitting at home and I'm loading groceries into my Instacart, I'm focused. It's not a game. And I can honestly say that I spend anywhere from 25 to $50 less using my Instacart than I would in a supermarket. So anyway, I loaded up, well, reloaded, re-upped on groceries last night. So um, I'm looking forward to a wonderful breakfast. You know what? Since this was my second round with Instacart, I only had to order add-ons and I have the tastiest breakfast idea plans. Anyway, I have some leftover sliced turkey. And I also have some Carolina sausage. I got shredded cheese and grits. 
I plan to make a pot of smooth, creamy grits. And then I'm going to saute some onions in the pan with the Carolina sausage and the sliced turkey. And I'm going to use that as a topping for my grits with grated cheese and sliced scallions. And I'm going to brew myself a pot of Bustello. And I am going to enjoy my warm, cozy day inside alone at a table for one and speaking of being alone today's table for one tasty topic is the subject of ghosting now what brought me to the table today again I was on social media Instagram to be exact and a page that I follow posted the story of a beautiful young woman. When I tell you gorgeous, black girl, magic, melanin popping, hair done, nails done, just wonderful to look at. Um, Posting a TikTok or a short video about being ghosted by a fiance. A fiance who would actually flew her all the way out to Dubai to propose. Did all this magical, wonderful shit and disappeared on her with no trace, no explanation, no closure, uh, possibly days before their wedding. (coughs) I, I was just stunned. I was stunned. I was shocked. And the gentleman who posted her story on his page decided that he was going to give her some closure by um, coming up with his own analysis of the situation. So he posted the video, let us all see it. You know, she had like, you know, captions and things as she went along. You know, she blurred out her ex-fiance's face and told us how, you know, through it all, she stayed strong and became a you businesswoman pursued her dreams, you know, beautiful things. But again, the young man who posted it, the conclusion that he drew is that homeboy must have been married and had a family across town somewhere. And that's why he ghosted you. And this is what he's saying. And says you was always the side piece and never the main. And that's that you should have known better. Choose more wisely. And that's it. When I tell you this man's response, stop me in my tracks. What a terribly blanket overall analysis of this young woman's observation. Honestly, her video was about two minutes long and it it was just scenes from her life. Like, you know, it was a few seconds of her with tears in her eyes, explaining herself, you know, answering questions from her followers about what happened. And she didn't even know. I just found it funny that a man who's just watching this video and observing could draw the conclusion that she was ghosted because this man had to have a wife or a family somewhere else outside of her and that she was never the man. I think that's really unfair and that he should not have made that type of statement. Or he should have given, like, you know, maybe different reasons why it could have happened. Or how about this? Who are we to say? Who... Was he to say why he feels she got ghosted? Who am I to say? But why I'm at this table today with this tasty topic is to give you 
<laughs> my opinion on ghosting because I've been through it. This is something that I never thought that I would discuss with anyone, friends, family, or strangers for the rest of my life because I experienced the pain of ghosting. I've never been a fiance, never had a real proposal, never had a ring on, but I was with a man when I was in my late 20s that I was so in love with that I wanted to write books about him. Like, I really, there was a time where I entertained just, um, you know, maybe writing short stories. And I wanted to put together a short story book about our romance and a dedication to our future baby. You know, we talked about having babies and how beautiful our babies would be and what our family would be like. And as you can see, that didn't happen. You know, I'm in my 40s and I do not have children and um, I'm no longer in contact with this man. So let's talk about ghosting. Let's take it. Let's see if I want to start with our relationship. Okay, yeah. Let's start with our relationship. He was somebody that I knew, you know, through family, not family friends, through my friends. He was the family member of some really close friends of mine. And honestly, I guess growing up in the the city, you'll encounter that a lot. You'll hook up with dudes that's cool with your family or, you know, the guy from the block or somebody on your block had a sexy cousin. And next thing you know, you're in love and things happen. Oh, it definitely goes down in Brooklyn. I don't know about anywhere else in the world, but in New York City, those are the type of ties that bind and a lot of times they stick and things happen you create families you get married you stay together you break up you you get back together you know it, it, it definitely goes down but what you don't prepare for or expect to happen to you is being ghosted so again I'm gonna take it back to this young man that I was with He was somebody that I had been seeing. Again, he was the family member of some really good friends of mine. And I I guess you could say in my mid-20s, we started playing around. This is before social media. There was no Facebook, no Instagram or nothing. It was back in the days we had to write your number on a piece of paper. I mean, this man was hollering at me when cell phones didn't even have color screens. You couldn't even take a picture with your cell phone. How far back I was playing around with this dude. And, you know, I don't know. We would just hook up and have fun. And I'm going to be honest about my self-esteem. At the time that we were hooking up and having fun, I was really on the heavy side. You know, at 5'5", five, five, I was definitely um, about 200 and change. And I wasn't happy about it. You know, I, I wasn't comfortable with it. As sexy as men told me that I was. I just, I didn't feel sexy because when I was in my mid-twenties at 200 and something pounds at that height, a lot of the men that I met in my age group were only interested in knowing what I looked like undressed. You know, there were no thick video vixens yet. That It wasn't trending to be a big mama. You know, that's the thing now. I had a doctor flatter me. Uh, my, my physician, maybe about a year ago, she said, you crying about your weight. She said, you got women that's flying out the country to get your shape now. And you're sitting here crying like, damn, how the tables have turned, you know. But it wasn't like that when I was in my 20s. 
Honestly, I was a fat girl. I was the chubby girl that men liked secretly and they played with at night. So this young man became somebody who played secretly with me at night. But I knew for a fact that he was really, really into me. Because although this man wasn't claiming me and I wasn't his girlfriend and, you know, we weren't really going anywhere, doing anything, um, he, he was definitely playing with me secretly and um he was very emotional like if I didn't answer his calls he would be really sad and really upset um I was very young and had a really low paying job and sometimes I'd get overwhelmed with bills and he would come by when he did and ask me you know how much I needed towards rent and bills and we were young and I would take it. Like I said, this is a man that never took me to dinner or movie, but he would come over, you know, here and there when he did pop up on the scene, you know, and when he popped up, he was always generous to me and we got along really well. You know, like back then, um, I smoked. He actually taught me how to enjoy like smoking a joint. We would smoke joints, um, we I had that's when DVDs was the thing. We would watch silly DVDs together and just really have a nice time. And um I don't know, for some reason, we just never got serious with each other and I never pushed it. Because one thing I will say, as big as I was and as insecure as I was, I was never lonely. You know, good or bad, there was always a man in my face. So it's not like it was a situation where when this guy wasn't around, you know, I was just dry, <laughs> never dry. Things were always juicy with me. I was always meeting somebody. But again, like I said, I was meeting men who wanted to, you know, have a lot of sex play with me because I was a big, bubbly girl. Like when I look at my pictures from when I was early, in my early 20s, I can honestly say, God damn. And you know what? I wish that my levels of being sure about myself were different back then because when I look at the pictures of myself from those days I can honestly say I had it going on I remember looking at myself in the mirror when I was about 23 and crying because I didn't understand why my hips were so wide my hips were really wide my waist was small my stomach was flat but I remember saying I just it felt odd to me. I don't know. I feel like back then, it was a lot of skinny girls running around. And Thick was just about to pop off. Like, Mystical was just about to drop Shake Your Ass. And honestly, once Mystical dropped Shake Your Ass, all of a sudden, it was it. Big girls was in style. It was, you know, all of the, the, the bubblers we would have most wanted. But anyway, I digress. So let's take it back to him. Uh, you know, he would come through, he would bring me food, give me a couple of dollars, we would smoke a couple of J's, you know, have a little drink, he would spend the night and leave, and honestly, I might not hear from this man for about six months sometimes after he left me, and this went on for a period of years. I would say that he and I played this little game from the time that I was 24 until I was about 27, 28 years old. So there was a period in my 20s, and I'll talk about that on another day, where 
I actually lost a lot of weight. I was going through a lot of shit. And for some reason, the greed and the hunger left me. Never thought that it would happen. And I actually became a slim woman. Me, with my big old hips and my big old head and my big old face, actually dropped so much weight that I started looking like a lollipop. So anyway, Mr. Man, who had did one of his, you know, months-long disappearing acts, gives me a call. And I had dropped so much weight that I had to warn him. I said, listen, when you come over here, I need to let you know I'm not the same. And he wanted to know, you're not the same. Well, whatever do you mean, you're not the same? What, what the fuck is that? I said, I'm skinny now. He was like, get the fuck out of here. Remember, there were no camera phones. I guess he wasn't talking to anybody about me. Or I hadn't been hanging around his family because no one had mentioned to him how much weight it had, I had dropped. I had honestly went down from a size, a comfortable size 16 and to about a size 5'6" yeah drastic so he couldn't wait to see me it was like all right I'm coming over came over and tasters wouldn't I don't know if this is going to make sense to you or this is my story my ghost and story and I gotta tell it the man's face lit up he had never draped me up in his arms before he spun me around like I was his baby girl he was so happy to see me he told me how pretty I looked And we sat that night and we had a talk. He stayed all night to the next morning, went to the supermarket, bought food so I could make breakfast, asked me, you know, all the years we've been messing around, how come I never considered being his girl? And I thought it was strange. So I had to ask him, like, what's up with you? And you know what he told me? And maybe I should have saw this as a red flag. He was like, you are somebody that I could be with. Like, look at you. And I asked him, and I was kidding. I was like, oh, so you didn't love me when I was fat? He said, it ain't that I didn't love you, but I don't need no big girl. Look at how skinny I am. It was like Humpty. <laughs> yeah, I called you fat. Look at me, I'm skinny. Like, in this man's mind, he felt that looking like the number 11 walking down the street now was a better match than walking down the street together looking like the number 10. And I kid you not, tasters, from that day on, he was my boyfriend. Publicly, you know, in front of everybody. Uh, Next thing you know, he was bringing clothes into my home. He had his own dresser drawers. It went from him giving me money towards rent and bills to actually paying my rent and bills. He was actually one of the first young men that I had ever dated who would actually pay my whole rent. But I got a story back then. My rent was $520 a month. Weren't those good times? Like, we didn't know how good they were while they were happening. But yeah, you know, and um, we were really going strong. Started going on dates and shit. I mean, really living as a couple, making plans. How about it was... uh, Our first year together, we had Thanksgiving in Texas. Look, we flew out to Texas to have Thanksgiving with my best friend and her fiance at the time. Like, we were just enjoying each other. And Tasters, I got to be real with you. I fell in love with him. And total crazy love. You couldn't tell me nothing about this man. This was the first man that I ever looked at and said, this man ain't never going nowhere. 
Never. And I have a confession to make. Our relationship wasn't perfect. Because of my insecurities, I would often bring up the fact that he didn't love me before, that he didn't like me when I was fat. And I would pick fights with him. I gotta be real. Real knockdown, drag out, screaming fights with him. And he never put his hands on me. He would do what men say is a restraint. He would restrain me. And I was really physically and verbally abusive to this man who was showing me so much love because even though I was in love with him, the love that I had for him was filled with confusion. So we did everything together, family barbecues, holidays, get-togethers. You know, I thought life was perfect with this man. Like I said, I wanted to write a book about him. I was so in love. Fast forward to my 30th birthday. I'd actually flew out to my bestie in Texas to hang out with her. And I was on my way back to New York City. And I thought it was really strange that I hadn't heard from this man. He wasn't answering my call. And my bestie didn't get it. She was like, girl, don't get mad. Just act right and just, you know enjoy yourself when you get home. I'm like, okay, my bestie and him must got something planned because I was expecting that he was going to come meet me at the airport. Something, anything. Didn't hear from him. Mind you, it's my 30th birthday. I'm flying home from Texas on my birthday. Me and this man are living together. I get home. No bag. No phone call. No nothing. No text. The sun is going down. The sun comes up, no bay, no phone call, no nothing. Now I'm worried. I'm calling his cousins. Oh, no, we ain't seen him. I I don't know. I'm thinking this is strange. Well, if y'all think anything happened to him, oh, uh, I doubt that, but nobody heard from him. But uh, it just didn't sound right. I said, okay, something's not right, but I got to get myself together because I actually had to go to work that next day. So I go to my little receptionist gig, still not hearing from him. Now I'm calling him and getting sent straight the voicemail. I didn't understand it. Taste as I come home, came home from work, and I could tell that this man had been in the house. The shower was damp. There was a towel flung over the shower rack. You could smell his cologne in the house like it was freshly sprayed. I said, okay, I must be losing my mind. This can't possibly be happening. And it was happening. Taste this, I experienced it. I was being ghosted. I was being ghosted. And it was hurting me so bad. And it got to the point where the routine that I just described to you, coming home from work and seeing the shower damp, and things moved around in the apartment, it it really became a thing. And it was starting to really, like, blow my mind. Honestly, Tasters, I lost myself. He refused to answer my calls. His family was covering for him. Ghosting wasn't even a term then. The term was abandonment. Remember the song? You abandoned me. Left to live here anymore. It got to the point where I couldn't even function. I was already slim and I was eating even less. I even had a friend, a very close friend, tell me, 
Maybe it's the way you used to treat him. You ever stop to think that because you used to handle him so mean and so nasty, maybe that's why he disappeared on you. Oh, those are the words, abandoned and disappeared. And you know what? I, I couldn't answer him because I didn't know. And I went through it. I don't want to say that I had a nervous breakdown, but as they say nowadays, I was certainly in my bag. And I was in my bag for a long time. It got to the point where when I realized that this man had disappeared on me and it was on purpose and that he wasn't dead and that his family was covering for him, I I, I lost it. I got my locks changed because I, it was insulting. You're not talking to me. You're sending me the voicemail. And you're coming into our home every day to shower and change your clothes and go to work. Where he was sleeping that night was beyond me. So when I got my locks changed, that was the only reason why he actually answered my call. Because I changed the locks. And he acted as if he came, no, babe, I'm sorry. I'm just going through some things right now. No, no, no. I'm going to come through. I'm going to talk to you. We're going to talk about it. I waited for that talk for about six months. It never happened. So finally, I gathered up his things and I took everything to the Goodwill. And um, I settled into my sadness. I went into a real depression. Um, I had cornrows in my hair. I used to get my hair braided down. You know the braid that we all get for weaves? I had my hair locked into a braid. And I went so many months without combing it that my hair actually locked up on me. And when I did come out of my blues and my depression, I had a friend who was a professional hairstylist do my hair and he actually had to start my hair from scratch he looked at me and he almost cried he said baby girl we can't do this he said I can't even comb these braids out I have to cut your hair and he literally had to take a straight razor to cut through my braids because they had locked in my head and they couldn't be combed through or just clipped down And um, that was my ghosting story. No rhyme, no reason, no explanation, no closure. Um, You know, everybody had their own versions of what may have happened. And then as the years went by and then we had social media and things, you know, technology improved. He actually tried to friend me on Instagram. (laughs) Of all the nerve. You know, I'm over you. I'm past you. Tried to friend me on Instagram. I blocked him. Then, because we all live in the same neighborhood in Brooklyn, I actually eventually did end up running into him about 10 years after the fact. And we spoke about it, but I didn't want to hear it. I don't want to know why 10 years later you ghosted me. But I just want to let you all know, tasters, that when you like or love somebody, no matter what you may feel your reasons are, Ghosting is one of the most cowardly things that you could do to someone that you love or claim to love. And this new shit that everybody's on is the world doesn't owe you anything. Nobody owes you an explanation. Damn it. When you are laying up in the same house with someone day and night, making plans, talking about having a family together, splitting bills. Oh, you damn sure owe somebody an explanation towards something. At least let me know what it is that made you want to go. 
even if I don't like it, I might kick and scream. But to just wake up and the love of your life is gone, that is some fucked up shit. So, in the end, how do I feel about it overall? I applaud the young woman for getting past her pain the way that she did. I got past my pain the way that I did. What I actually did is, um, in my abandonment, I started going to school for construction and became an iron worker. Uh, and, you know, an iron worker, an award-winning iron worker. You know, stories are written about me. You can Google Stella, honey. <laughs> Look, I have left my human footprint at Ground Zero, Fourth Tower World Trade. Um, I might not have been combing my hair, but you know what I didn't stop doing? when I got ghosted, I never stopped going to the gym. At that time, I was a member of Crunch Fitness and it was a beautiful place before it got too expensive. And I was working out almost every day. Not only was I working out and going to school for construction, I actually started eating well. So my hips came back, my booty got juicy, the titties filled in. And next thing you know, I was meeting a man who flew me out to Vegas. Yeah, Mr. Vegas who had me out in Las Vegas cleaning chicken, but that ain't the point. The point is, I was broken. I can admit that being ghosted broke me, but I didn't stay broken. You know, I was able to glue my pieces back together, but it really hurt. So again, tasters, this is just for you all for future reference, for the men that are listening, for the women being ghosted, It sucks. It's really heartbreaking. And then I've experienced semi-ghosting over the years um, after that incident. Yeah, let's talk about what I consider semi-ghosting. Okay, now what do I mean by semi-ghosting? I think that's when, in my opinion, you meet somebody that you started dating and things are going pretty good for a while. It could be days, it could be weeks, maybe a month or two. Everything's good. The dates, the sex, the conversation, you know, you're getting along. Nothing seems to be wrong as far as you're concerned and boom, the nigga's gone. I experienced that, I would say once. I experienced it once after this guy and it was like you gotta be shitting me yeah I met a dude during the pandemic that when I tell you I thought this man was everything just imagine take all the Morris Chestnut and Idris Elba's goodies and put them all together to make one perfect man that's who I got ghosted by he was about three four years younger than me now Oh, maybe two, three years younger than me, but just gorgeous, chocolate, dark waves, nice, pretty black eyebrows, long lashes, just drove all of these big, sexy, classic cars. That was his addiction. Cars. And I remember, oh, when I tell you the biggest, Jesus Christ, the sex so juicy and nasty and wonderful. He was like a dream. He was somebody that I met after getting dumped by the man that I spoke about a few episodes back that promised to move me to Florida after he retired. And I met him right after that happened. And when I tell you, it was like the heavens had sent me a dream, but the dream didn't last long. Because as I said, after maybe about 
a, I say a couple of weeks of dealing with him in a few rounds of some of the greatest sex ever. He just disappeared on me. Disappeared on me at the very beginning of the pandemic, and I didn't hear about him, but hear from him until the height of the pandemic when it got really bad. He hit me out of nowhere to check on me to see how I was doing, and once I hung up the phone, I blocked him. I think actually I might have already had him blocked. He called me from another, whatever, another number, some such shit. But again, it was ghosting and it didn't feel good. And even though he and I weren't that deep, it's still a very cowardly thing. Like, I, again, I can, the shit about you don't owe anybody an explanation, I feel like it's the easy way out. It's the bullshitter's way out, especially if you've given somebody real time and energy. Honestly, especially sexual energy. As women, fellas, let me give you um, some tasty advice. Don't go into a woman. Don't be sexual with a woman. I don't care how tough she talks, how she pretends that she don't give a fuck about love. Don't ever do that to a woman and just disappear on her. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't make sense. It fucks with our insecurities. It makes us wonder, like, you know, did did we do something wrong that we didn't know about? You know, did something happen? Like too many unanswered questions and it, it just makes shit very puzzling, unnecessarily so. Like honestly, men who do this to women, stop doing this ghosting shit. Like if you go out on a bad date with somebody and never call them again, that's different. But if you go out on a great date with somebody and have great sex, two, three, five times and then never call him again, now you're just a fuck nigga. Cut the shit. No more ghosting. Well, anyway, tasters, thank you for joining me at this table for one for this Tuesday's Tasty Top Pick. Again, I enjoy being able to express myself. A lot of these episodes have been so therapeutic for me because I'm talking to you all about things that I thought that I'd never speak on again. And I feel happy to be able to share my stories and possibly, you know, help someone along the way. And again today, I do not have a tasty dessert. If you have any questions or you feel like you need questions answered or have topics that you'd like me to touch on, please send all inquiries to my Gmail at MsIronbox at gmail.com. That's M-I-Z-I-R-O-N-B-O-X at gmail.com. Thank you for joining me at my table. Stay warm. Bye.